Island Church would like to thank you for tuning in. Today, you will be hearing a message from our 18th annual Fall Harvest Conference. Now listen to this by the Holy Ghost. For there is a continual release of refreshing during this time. To refresh, revive, and relieve you of all the pressure that you've been under for the last few months. For this is that which I give to my children in the earth in times like this. That the joy that I've put in your heart may continue to be expressed on levels unseen. For how will the world know if you speak like them, look like them, and act like them? They will never know of the joy that is in your heart. Therefore, this week, take time to tap into that refreshing. And let the Spirit of God lift the heavy load and the burden from off of you. For these are days of great conquest. These are days of harvest. These are days of stirrings, revivals, and awakenings that if you will enter into, you will see that you were born for such a time as this in order to fulfill my will in the earth. Hallelujah. Now just lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Father. Oh, how we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, shake hands with somebody around you if you're seated. Glory to God. Tell them you're glad to see them in church on a Monday morning. Hallelujah. Awesome. God is so good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's good to see all of our home folk and our visitors. Praise God. If you're visiting with us, we welcome you and are so glad that you're here. Well, Brother Christopher Alam wants to tell a story that he says is true. <laughs> Give him a hand clap as he comes. Amen. Glory to God. Morning, everybody. You know, I just wanted to share a, a, a testimony. And this is, uh, for a number of years, I've been mentoring, uh, um, you know, a couple of people in Singapore. Uh, um, they're Singaporean Chinese. And he's, what he, he, he inherited, his father had a business. Now, you know, when the Chinese do their funerals and all that, it's always a big elaborate thing. So his father had a business providing, uh, like, tents for funeral services. It's like basically a piece of canvas on four poles, you know, and since there were so many funerals and, uh, and you know, his dad had this business running, it was enough to uh, support his, you know, support the family. So his dad handed the business to him and he was doing this and then uh, I, I was, when I, I you know, I, w I would talk to him, I said, man, you got to think bigger because you can't just stay where you are and just have enough for yourself and your family, you must have, uh, you know, have something more. So he began to grow that business, and then uh, he reached a point when he thought that uh, 
you know, is becoming very strenuous. It's a lot of work. So I said, well, I said, one thing you need to do is take some college courses, some night courses, so that you learn how to learn about money, learn about business. So he did that. And then he began to expand his business. So anyway, to cut a long story short, he came to the point where now I've seen his setup. He has got these uh, uh, this amazing, uh, they're actually tents, but they're like two-storied buildings, air-conditioned. And when you're in there, you think you're in a concrete building, but it's actually all tents. And so when they have the f big Formula One race in Singapore, uh, they give him the contract for it. And when they have the annual flower show, which, I mean, you know, they gave him the contract. They have the food festival. They give him the contract. And he's like the biggest uh, uh, in Singapore when it comes to providing tentage. And he has, I don't know, 150 employees or something. And so he, uh, it's, it's huge. It's a huge setup. I've seen it. It's like acres and acres of tents. And, and he has also started a couple of other smaller businesses. Uh, but these, this tent was his main thing. And, uh, and you know, it all depends upon uh, contracts he gets. That's how it is. And then COVID-19 hit. And uh, he told me, you know, we, we, we talk very often on the phone. And he said, Pastor, everything is shut down. He says, the business is shut down. And Singapore had a very serious lockdown. I mean, nobody could go anywhere. And uh, so everything was shut down. He says that, well, I have, you know, sat down with my accountant and we have enough money to last us, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. After that, we'll have to go into bankruptcy. I'll lose everything. Then uh, a week later, he said to me, Pastor, this is what happened. He says, I was praying. And when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me very clearly because I've been telling him, that uh, wealth is not about ostentatious living, but it is about giving and helping others. I said, that has to be our ethos, because here in America, in our traditional classic word of faith teaching, we always connect money to ostentatious living. Uh, and, and then, of course, we give to missions on the side and all that, but really it's about living, how we, you know, how comfortable we live. So I've been trying to tell him that's not all, all about. So he said, I was praying and the Lord told me that look at how hard your employees work. They're unskilled, they are laborers, and they've been so faithful to you. And the Lord said, they have families. So I want you to protect their salaries for three months. Uh, and so he said, he's very obedient to the Lord. He said, okay. And so when he did that, he did the, he did the calculations, and he came down to they would maybe last a couple of months. And then the Lord said to him, all your employees who have, uh, I think, families of a certain size, I want you to give them a bonus of $1,500 each. So he says, when I did that, we came down even more. So I said, I'm going to obey the Lord, even if I lose everything. I'm going to obey the Lord. So he protected everyone's salaries for three months, put that money aside, and he gave out the bonus. And he said then one day he gets a letter from the government because there's a lot of foreign workers and many had COVID-19 and they were living in crowded hostels. And they had given a, 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 they sent this letter out to many different companies who provided uh, you know, this tentage, and they asked him that uh, we want accommodation for so many thousand people, and can you provide that, and how much would you charge for it? So what he did, he, did, he said, I, he prays about everything. He prayed, and he said, this is what the Lord told me to do. 
I wrote back to the government because he said they know me because I'm dealing with them all the time. And I said to them that, listen, uh, I don't want to profit of this thing. Uh, the whole country is suffering. We are suffering, but so the whole country, the economy of the whole country is suffering. And I, as a patriotic citizen, I, I want to serve my country. So uh, just tell me to do the job and pay me what you think is right. And that's acceptable to me. And they were very happy. They wrote back to him. He said they offered me about twice as much as I would have charged them. And, and so he says that, he says, now all the contracts are coming to me while other companies are going into bankruptcy and people are shutting down. My guys have plenty of work because there's so much to do and I get all the contracts and we are making a lot of money. So, you know, I just wanted to share with you that, uh, you know, the Bible says how Isaac sowed in the time of famine and he reaped a hundredfold, you know? So, uh, you know, we look at the economy. Uh, people talk about the economy, how bad the economy is, but it's not about the economy. It's about God. It's about faith. For us, it is, you know. It's always about obedience and, and faith. And when we do that and when we put others before ourselves, uh, God always has a way of making things happen. Praise God. I just want to share that, Pastor Rusty. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. God is so good. Amen. Praise God. Can I ask you to do one thing, just in case? Don't want anybody to get embarrassed. Make sure your cell phones are cut off. Amen. Because it is Monday, and I know people get a lot of communication on Monday, and I don't want my duck quacking over that. I, I leave mine in my office. Amen. That way we get no, no distractions. What a, what a privilege it is to have Pastor Sam Carr with us. I count him as my friend, my pastor, my mentor, all, you name it. He's just a tr tremendous blessing to me personally and to Island Church, and it's a great honor to have him here. So, Pastor Sam... It is all yours. Give me my hand clap. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, and then um, um, Brother Greg Fritz had to remind me, how do you follow last night? You know, if this was a competition about what God's done or what you've seen or, you know, I mean, I started to get up here. I had one incident where I actually, uh, someone had died and I actually prayed over them and they came back to life. And I was thinking, I'm, I'm going to tell that story first. Right? <laughs> At least I got a little bit. But then he'd get up tomorrow and say, well, I have 10. And that didn't. It, wasn't that wonderful last night? Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, I like uh, what uh, my friend Pastor Mark Brzee says all the time, he said, you know, everybody brings a different supply. You know, uh, it's, everybody's not the same. I mean, they don't, they don't operate the same and, and they don't do things the same, but yet God can still use all sorts of different um, uh, ministries to impart to you, to speak to you and to, to encourage you. And I, and I, I want to talk to you uh, today um, and probably tonight as well, uh, tonight, right, Rusty? Yes, yeah. Um, about where we are. Um, the Lord, the Lord uses me in a little bit different way 
And uh, even during this season, God's spoken things to me and showed me things, reminded me of things, prophetic things that he gave me. And you go back and look at it and say, man, that's happening right now. And, and um, I, I've never been one to promote any of that kind of stuff or make, you know, to, to even put, it in, put stuff like that out other than at my church. But, but when I have opportunity, I do feel like the Lord has spoken to me to, to speak about where we are and, and kind of what's going on. And, and, um, and, and so you can know. Now, see, some of you are going to say, well, I know all that. Well, then act like it. Okay. Okay. If you know all, then act like it. Uh, I, I I preached a message at the church um, uh, here a while back, uh, and and the message was I didn't sign up for this. Uh, one of my best friends uh, in college, he's an attorney in in Houston now, and um, back in the '60s when we were in college, you know this is not unpatriotic, but but we nobody wanted to go to Vietnam. And the only way we didn't go to Vietnam was to stay in school. Well, his number came up. And if you, how many of you know what I mean by that? That means you're old enough to know, you know, you know. And, and uh, the only way that he could um, avoid going to Vietnam was um, to join, to, to either join the reserves or join some. So he joined the Air National Guard, the Texas Air National Guard. He said, man, I go to, you know, I go to their boot camp and then I go two weeks out of the, uh, a year and no big deal. So he and a friend did that and they joined. So they went and they went through boot camp and at the very last of boot camp, they said, now we're going to start training you as paratroopers. <laughs> and, and their eyes got about this big and, and, uh, and so they had, uh, they, they started doing the paratrooper training. And, um, the thing that you do is you don't pack your own chute. Okay. You pack somebody else's chute. And he said, he said, he came back from there and he said, Sam, he said, I'd been out with these guys the night before. I know how drunk they were and they ain't sober when they're packing my chute. And he said, I didn't know which one I was going to get. And here's his words. He said, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> well, you know, really, to be honest with you, I think sometimes Christians, we, we're look, we look at circumstances and say, wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for. Well, you might want to go read the Word of God and find out what you really signed up for. Yeah, because Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll, they'll hate you. Okay, so just so you know, okay. So I'm going to read a scripture to you out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read this whole, whole time. Now the heading in my, in my uh, Bible here says, perilous, perilous times and perilous men. Okay, and it says in verse chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Know this, that in the last days... Perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, 
despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. Now listen, we're there. Okay? We are there. Now, I know other generations could probably point to this, but not, but not like we are. And I, I really like the, tr the Passion Translation, and uh, I enjoy reading it. Uh, it's just, it's a comfortable read. I don't study out of it, but it's a very comfortable read. And I like some of the things it says, and it says in verse 1, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. The culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Now listen to me. Christopher goes all over the world. It's already that way in most of the world. But it's coming to America. It's coming to America. See, we, we, we used to be a Christian nation. We're not a Christian nation anymore. We are Christians in a nation. And we still do hold a majority in a sense in regard to morality, although you would know it. Okay, even in the body of Christ sometimes. I hadn't even got to what I'm going to preach, so. But, but my point is, it says that the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. They will mock all that is right. Isn't it interesting, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil, replace darkness with light and light with darkness, who replace bitter with sweet and sweet with bitter. The world is literally challenging everything good and replacing it with evil and calling it good. So we, we're, we're, we're there. That, that, that's where we are right now. We're living that right now. Okay. So just so you know, for years, the Lord showed me, and I've, I've prophesied it and said it for years, that the gray area is disappearing in the church. You're either in or out. And if you're in, you better be ready. Okay. So, so one of the things that it says is it says that people will be ungrateful. The Aramaic which is actually what the Bible was written in, as well as the Greek. Aramaic says it this way. Listen. They will be rejectors of grace. That's, that's, that's rejectors of grace. So you say, well, the grace message, that's going to save the world. No, actually, it's going to push them further away because it's going to make them realize I don't have to do anything for this, but I have to do something when I do do something. Rejectors of grace. 
Okay. You know, grace is not a get, get, uh, 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 get out of jail free card. Grace demands action and it demands work. And it, it's, it's a re, there's a responsibility. And the Bible says they will be rejectors of grace. Then it says they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Now listen, I've never been on Facebook and I've, I've, I got on Facebook. And the reason I got on Facebook unknowing was so I could keep up with our missionaries. Because it's easy to communicate with them on Facebook. And, and I was shocked. I was blown away when I started accepting friends at what I was reading from church people. How argumentative and how it, it was is unbelievable. Not, not much less the world. The world has become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. It ought not be us. It shouldn't be us. Please keep your business to yourself. At least keep your business to yourself. My Lord. It goes on to say belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, listen to this, with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, and wrapped in clouds of their own conceit. That's where we are. That's where we're, you want to know where we are? That's where we are. That's where we are right now. That's, 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 that's the direction that we're going. No election will change that. I don't care who you're voting for, it won't change that. Okay. It won't change it. The church, now listen to me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy to you and tell you some things by the Spirit of God as well during this. The church will be looked at differently after this pandemic. Yeah. You might as well get used to it. We, we've always had, especially in the South, we've always had favor. Okay? But we're losing that. We're losing that. It was false favor anyway. Okay, it wasn't. It wasn't really real. It was kind of false favor anyway. So it, it, it wasn't really favor. It was just more of a, a acknowledgement, a pandering toward a, groups of people. Okay, but but it's going to be different. It's going to look different because the church used to be the fabric of society in America, and it no longer is. Though, you know how you have a sweater and you see a little, one little thread sticking out and so you, you grab it to pull it and you pull it and all of a sudden the whole thing comes unraveled? That's where we're headed. Because we are being pulled out of the fabric 
of society and set aside. Now, to be honest with you, and you're not going to want to hear this, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to the church in America. I was having lunch one day with Dr. Mar Cirillo uh, a, a few years ago, and, and um, uh, if you don't know who he is, the, the guy, uh, he evangelized the world. I mean, all over the world, you know, he went home to be with heaven here recently. But, but I was sitting down having lunch with him and talking to him, and I asked him, I said, what is it going to take for America to, receive, to, to, to have revival? And he, he didn't even raise up. He was eating. He said, persecution. And just kept right on eating. I said, let's talk about that a minute. Persecution. Okay. Now listen to me. You've got to hear what I'm saying. We're on a different, in, a, in a different place. And we're moving into a different place. And we've got to be prepared as a body of Christ. We've got to be. It's time for us to quit looking at our needs and start looking at the needs of the world. Yeah. Well, teach me how I can get this, how I can do this. You want to know how? Go read the thousands of books that have been written about it. But we have got to start focusing in a different direction. I'm getting ahead of myself, okay? But I want you to, to, to listen to this because we're going to look different. Even those churches that provide social services will be challenged to lay aside basic beliefs and doctrines to comply with societal norms in order to serve openly. Do you know there's a major church in, 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 in America, and I don't want to mention the name of it, a great church. The pastor has a heart of gold to serve and in serving his communities. And, and when all of this hit with the, with the racism, and I don't want to get in that today, but I do believe there is racism in America. Okay, just so you know, I do believe it's there, and we better be the ones that say, not on my watch. Okay? Just so you know. Okay? So when all of this started hitting, a guy made a comment about Something about, you know, I love the Lord and I, I, want, I want to serve people. And, and so this pastor on Facebook liked it. Well, come to find out this guy was a bigot. That one incident caused, caused the government to take them out of every school where they were having feeding programs, every place that they were having drug intervention, unless they renounced who they were. The Salvation Army. How many of you ever heard of the Salvation Army? Let me tell you something. It used to be a real Salvation Army. But <clears throat> they begin to serve social needs. Everybody loves Salvation Army. You know, ringing the bell, putting money in the kettle at Christmas, and they help people, and they do. They help people. Do you know that now they are required to take down their statement of belief? And 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 because they serve everybody. But they can't even say what they believe and still have government funds. Right. 
just a minor th- that's just that's just a minor thing you know all these television stations they ha- they show christian programming on them you might as well get ready it's going to be gone because the fcc is going to say we can't sponsor religion it- it's coming now look it's going to be slower in America because we also get to vote. Okay, just so you know, I'm not talking about, this is not a dictatorship sweeping across America. We, 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 and I'm going to show you in a minute, there are some things we can do. But my point is, you need to understand where we are. You need to understand where our nation is and where, where this world is going. When Samaritan's Purse put up a hospital in Central Park free of charge to serve COVID patients because New York City was inundated. They were overwhelmed. And so they went and put up this hospital, brought the doctors, brought the nurses. You know how many patients they had? You know why? Because this, this is the attitude, okay? One of the senators from New York State said this. Listen, it is a shame that the federal government has left New York with no other choice but to accept charity from bigots. See, he doesn't know Christians. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't know He doesn't know how we'll serve anybody. We'll love anybody. We'll pray for anybody. But when you are a bigot, you think everybody else thinks just like you. See, he is bigoted against us, so he thinks we're bigoted against other groups of people. That homosexuals would not get service there or would not be treated right, or transgender would not be treated right because we're bigots. Just the opposite. Okay. So you know what they did? They folded up that hospital and left town. Let me give you another one. Now, i got to say the name here, and this is not... Anything I'm saying is not political, okay? I'm trying to get you to see where we are in America, okay? So I'm not trying to be political, but the governor of New York, okay, listen to this. This is what he said. The numbers of COVID cases are down because we brought the number down. God didn't do that. Faith did not do that. Destiny did not, not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that. That's how it works. It's math. Now, that's not isolated, folks. Okay, just so you know, that is not isolated. And it's spreading. It's spreading. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about it, but, but you've got to understand, it's, it's spreading. In the past, people have understood that Christians are different but loving, caring, and compassionate. But now we will be judged by others 
and their own bigoted views. And they will think we act like them. And sad to say, some Christians do. How do you know? I've seen you on Facebook. Boy, has that given me preaching material or what, man? I've had people call me and apologize, and I don't even, they're not even on my Facebook list or whatever it is. That's good. All right? 2 Timothy 3 5, listen to what it says. They may pretend to have respect for God and God's power, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. They may pretend to have a respect for God. I watch people get up and they talk about values. Well, you know, these are our values. Well, what are your values? Well, we kill babies. We're for homosexuality. We're against the church. Those are their values. But we, we respect God. We respect your faith. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't respect my faith. They pretend to respect our faith only because we vote. They respect our faith, listen to me, but in reality, they don't want anything to do with God's power. Let me give you another example. We just had, and again, this is not political. This is just something that happened so you can see, okay? We just had a confirmation hearing of a woman by the name of, of Amy Coney Barrett. Now, let me tell you something about this woman. She could be a member of this church. She is a tongue-talking believer. She's one of us. Okay? She is one of us. Now, it was only us. Listen to me. It was only us daring them to say something about her faith that kept them from saying something during the confirmation hearing. But I want you to listen to what one senator said about her in her confirmation hearing uh, for the, the uh, circuit court before, okay? Listen to this. Why is it that so many of us on this side have, their, have this very uncomfortable feeling that dogma and law are two different things? I think whatever a religion is, it has its own dogma. That word means doctrine concerning faith and morals, okay? The law, she said, is totally different. I think in your case, talking about Amy Comey Barrett, Coney Barrett, listen, I think in your case, Professor, when you reread your speeches, the conclusion one draws is that your dogma or your faith and morals live loudly within you, and that is of concern. That is of concern. Her faith lived loudly and it was a problem. Here's the thing. She said there's a difference between your faith and moral, your morality and the law. Wait a minute. Where did we get the law that we governed by? 
It's called the Ten Commandments. That's why we put people in prison. That's why we execute people who kill people. That's why we, and, and it's constantly being eroded. Why? Because they pretend. They pretend about God, but there's no reality to it. They, 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 they pretend to have a respect for God, but no. No, they, they don't. They say that they're church members, but they don't go to church. And if you would understand, they, if they did go to church, what do they believe? The only thing that I look at in, a, in a, an election, I don't look at the person. I don't judge the person. I don't, I don't want to be involved. All I want to know is what do you believe? How are you going to govern? What's your dogma? Because you got one whether you say you do or not. Everybody's got one. So that's where we are. Her faith lived loudly and we don't like it. Well, what about law? Thou shalt not kill. Okay? Yet abortion rights are promoted. It's okay. Called reproductive rights. I just read something about a woman who was shot. Just read this a couple of days ago. Who was shot and it killed her and killed her baby in the womb. And, and listen, the man that shot her is now being tried for two murders. But yet, if that mother had said, I don't want this baby in my belly anymore and had an abortion, it's okay. They know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. I, there, I just saw this. If I hadn't seen it for myself, I wouldn't have believed it. There's a pastor of a large church in North Carolina, happens to be running for an office, okay, in, 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 in North Carolina, he got up and said, God created abortion, abortion to help women. I'm not talking about a pastor of a church. Yeah, let me tell you something. This is in the church. I had a lady working for me. I hadn't got to my message yet, but I'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> I had a lady working for me. Listen. I had a lady working for me. And one day, I said something about abortion. And she came in my office and she said, Pastor, before I got saved, I had nine abortions. She said, it was my birth control. I almost fell out of my chair. And she said, I'm normal. Not, not, she wasn't saying she was normal because of that. She said, that, that is normal. That's what women do. This is not something about re reproductive rights. It's a birth control. It's pure birth control. In, in most cases. I was on the board for Mercy Ministries for many years. Okay? Many years. And I was involved with women who were pregnant. In fact, we have a daughter today who, who, whose birth mother was on the way to an abortion clinic and somebody told her about mercy 
and she went to mercy instead of having the, having the, why was she going to get rid of that baby? Birth control. She didn't want to deal with the baby. Thank God she did because it's our daughter now. But the point is, listen, the point is that we have to understand where people are. And, and look, if you're here today and you've had an abortion, God will forgive you. That baby is in heaven. But please, don't even consider that in your life. Okay, I, I'm sorry I got on that. I'm, I, but, but you've got to understand, now you're wrong if you think homosexuality is wrong. I know pastors who have homosexuals on their staff because they're wanting to lead them to the Lord. Are you kidding me? I'm talking about big churches. I, I, I have nothing against homosexual people. We have a man in our church. Rusty's been at our church. He sings on our praise and worship team. He was homosexual. God delivered him from that. And you know what? Listen, just here recently, he ran for a city office, uh, and he ran as a Republican. He's a black guy. Ran as a Republican, and he said, I found out who my friends were, and they were few. He said, I know that lifestyle. I know what it does. When I preached this at our campus in Lake Charles, I had a guy get up and walk out, found out later, guess what? He was homosexual, and he didn't like what I had to say. I'm not a, I, you can love somebody and not love what they do. But you don't put the fox in the hen house. Now, we're wrong, and, and here's, the, here's the kicker. We're the ones who are, who are on the fringe because God loves everybody. Yeah, God loves everybody, but you only access God's love one way. And part of that is repentance. You turn, you go a different direction. Paul said, you were homosexuals, you were liars, you listed all these things. And such were some of you, but you were washed. We, we, we have in the past and, and from time to time still have uh, uh, couples, homosexual couples come to our church. I have no problem with that. I don't look at them and say, oh, i got to preach against them today. I, I I don't. I leave it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Because I have seen God do some great things. But the point is, listen, you might as well get ready. Your opinions, your views, you, you quit arguing about them. Just let God deal with it. Let God work because that's not going to do anything but separate you further. Immorality is, is, is promoted. Listen to this. The culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. If you're not bothered by those things, something is wrong. Something's wrong if you're not bothered by those things. So here's the question that I get, okay? Pastor, why all of a sudden look at our country, look at what's happened? 
Let me tell you something. That's not, that's not, it's not all of a sudden. Paul said there would be perilous times, okay? One Greek scholar talking about the word times, perilous times, it's the word kairos, okay? And listen to what he said about what this phrase, perilous times, means. He said, it is a critical epoch-making period foreordained of God when all that has been slowly and often without observation ripened through long ages is mature and comes to the birth in a grand decisive comes to birth in grand decisive events which constitute at once the close of one period and the commencement of another. That's where we are. We're not going back. We're not going back. We're going forward. But we're going to go forward as believers, as a body of Christ. And, and listen, it gets complex sometimes because we are also Americans. Okay? But American is not synonymous with Christian. Okay? Used to, you could count on, you know, most people, even if they weren't Christians, at least they morally responded. But now it's not that way. It's not that way anymore. It's become a whole different world, a whole different way. Because through this, now I want you to understand this, and I'm going to show you this from the Word, it's God-ordained. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like that. Well, you didn't sign up for this, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean God's not, I'm going to show you, that doesn't mean that God's not going to do some things. In fact, tonight I'm going to show you he's going to do some things. But, but listen to me. You have to understand where we are. Because as an American, I'm going to vote, and I'm going to find that candidate, that judge, that mayor, that governor, that president, whoever it is, I'm going to, I'm going to find the one that as close as I can find believes like I believe. Yeah. Okay. I'm not promoting Trump. I'm not promoting Biden. Go find out for yourself what they believe. Judge for yourself. And please, if you're an American, vote. Don't, don't tell me you're an American citizen and you don't even vote. I, I'm on my kids about this all the time. My, you know, they never vote, I, and, and I just told them, you're not coming back to my house unless you're going to vote. Gonna... Don't, go, don't come to me complaining about stuff. All right, so, so listen. So we are in a definite time-altering season. You got it? Things are changing. They're going to change more. They're going to change 
greater. It's going to become even more progressive in its action, more, more uh, speedy in its actions. But you know, that's a good thing because it's the end. Okay. But I, I, just so you mention, I don't, I'm not going to get into this tonight. I just want to mention it. The only way the end's going to come is if the gospel's preached to the world. So just so you know. Okay. All right. So what, what's the cause of this massive challenge? Okay. What, what's going on? Why? What's the cause of it? Okay. I'm going to explain it to you out of Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John go into the temple. Okay. They go into the temple, and there's a lame man. And Peter says, hey, check me out. Look at me. The guy was asking for money. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man was totally healed. Jumped up, leaping. You know, when you're, one thing to be healed of crippleness, it's another to have your muscles supernaturally because you don't jump around if you don't have muscle. Man, I mean, he exploded. Well, it stirred up the religious bunch. It stirred them up. Listen to me. It stirred up the religious bunch. They didn't like it. Especially the name of Jesus. They brought Peter and John before them and they, they threatened them and, and, and all kinds of things. And so after they were threatened, guess what they did? Acts chapter 4 verse 23 it says, And being let go, they went to their own company. And re that's, they went to the church. They went to the believers. Okay. They didn't go to family. They didn't go to other opinions. They went to the church. And reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God and with one accord said, Lord, you are God. Amen. You made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. You're God. Now I'm going to read the next uh, two verses out of the Passion. Listen to this. And you spoke... By the Holy Spirit, through your servant David, our forefather, saying. So they're pulling up now what the, what the Word of God said from David. Now listen to this. How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed. This thing is bigger than what you and I ever think it is. This has got to do with a rebellion that started in heaven when, when Satan was kicked out of heaven. And this is Satan stirring that rebellion up against God. Amen. And against you. Because yes. you're his. 
But I like what it says. There are foolish plots and they are futile. Foolish. Scheming and plotting together against God and Jesus. This is what this is all about, folks. When you get to the end time, quit looking in the mirror. What about me? Your destiny is set. You're either going to take your last breath and be in the presence of God, or you're going to hear that shout and you're going to rise and go. Actually, wish I had time to talk about this. I don't believe we're just going to go. Ooh, it got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Let me, let me just throw this out to you. I'm not going to, okay. After Jesus was raised from the dead, how long was he on the earth? 40 days. Let me ask you what would happen to this earth if, now, look, I've got scripture, but I'm not going to get into it. But just, just listen, what, what would happen If before we're raptured and we get our glorified bodies, that we walk on this earth like Jesus did for 40 days in our glorified bodies. Listen to me. Empty out hospitals. Move from place to place with no need for a vehicle. You say, ooh, that's out there. Well, listen, I, I'm just, I just want you to say, you say, well, everybody would get saved. No, they wouldn't. You know what would happen? Let me tell you what would happen, okay? What happened with Pharaoh when Moses confronted him with all those signs and wonders? Get out! Okay, that's for another day. All right, Listen. So the plot is against God and the Messiah. That's what this is all about. Listen to what it says where David in Psalm 2, where David prophesied this. It's a little different. I like what it says. Listen to this. Psalm 2, verse 2, the Passion Translation. Listen to this. Look how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king, saying, now listen to this, this is powerful. Let's come together and break away from the creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. That's where we are. The world is trying to cast off the chains of God and his Savior. And we know they're not chains because we've been born again. They're only chains because they see them binding them from not being able with a good conscience to do what they want to do. We're the conscience of the earth. 
We're the conscience of the earth. That's why that young man got up and walked out of the service when I started talking about homosexuality. It wasn't because, you know, he, he, I'm right and you're wrong. It was because of conscience. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying what's right and what's wrong. We are the conscience of the world. Mainly it comes by our lifestyle. Okay, go on our website, listen to the message I preached on Are We There Yet? on lifestyle preparation. Do you understand and realize our destiny is set? All we're doing now is living the lifestyle in front of people that they can respond to. That was a pretty good message, wasn't it, Billy? Thank you. I mean, we're just prepping. We're, we, this is just lifestyle preparation for us. So I love what verse 4 says. Here's the good part. Okay. Verse 4, Psalm 2. The Lord laughs at all that is going on. <laughs> he laughs at all that's going on. He's looking down and thinking, you're trying to throw off my chains. I created you. You're trying to run from me. Where are you going to hide? If you go into the darkness, you can't hide. If you go to hell, you can't hide. Wherever you go. Well, so what's the answer? What's the answer for us? Psalm 2.8, ask for the nations. Ask for the nations. Uh, the, the King James Version says, ask for the heathen. See, instead of us trying to, let me, let me stop here. I'm, I want to make a statement to you. I, when I was praying about this, and I, the Lord gave me a series of, prophecy words back in may when all this started first of may and one of the things the lord spoke to me uh, uh actually i was laying in, in bed i was almost asleep and i heard the lord say this to me beware of the benedict effect you know what that is i never heard of it never heard anything about it. anybody in here ever heard of that me never heard a word about it. i said what is that lord beware of the benedict effect so guess what Guess we have a tool. It's called Google. <laughs> there is a Christian philosophical um, um, statement that, and there are two arguments, but this one is that the church should isolate themselves in communities until the end. That's what the Benedicts did. They had no idea. This is a common mainstream philosophy of how to survive the end times. And the Lord spoke to me and said, we're going to start seeing groups of people, churches, isolating themselves and then just kind of going out into the community and coming back. But keeping themselves away 
from the world. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to go into all the world. We are called to ask for the nations, to ask for the heathen, to let that be our call, let that be our cry of our hearts. These are the people we're fighting for. The nations. Think about this. Here's our greatest example. Biggest example. There was a man who was killing Christians. Putting families, men, women, and children in prison. Now, you know, you would have thought God strike him dead. Kill him. God, you know what? He told Ananias, I, got, I need him. I need that man. He just had an experience with my son. I need him. Go get him. Go get him. His name was Paul. There are so many Pauls around the world right now just waiting to be discovered. Just waiting. Just waiting for the power of God. Just waiting for that moment. And we've got to understand that. Now look, I'm talking about in the world, but this is our world. Okay, you may not ever go to a, a, a foreign country, but you go into foreign places every day when you go to work. And, I mean, you, hey, Rusty just stopped and got something to drink at a foreign grocery store. He wasn't a Muslim, by the way. If you were here last night, you understand that. He was Hindu. You don't have to go to a foreign nation. There are people all over the world right now. So, so the answer is to ask for the nations. Listen to what happened here. That whole group prayed. And listen to what they said in verse 29. Lord, look on their threats. Lord, look on their threats. Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word stretch some people say the boldness comes because he heals but if you read the greek text it doesn't say it that way it says grant us all boldness to speak your word and stretch out your hands to heal the signs and wonders may be do, done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit again. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And you read on and miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. Isaiah 8.18 says, we are the children. We are for signs and wonders. We've got, we heard it last night. We've got the answer. Not just an evangelist who travels the world, but you. Whatever you ask, we can do it. We can lay hands on the sick. We can see God do something great. The supernatural has to be what we depend on. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to watch the Christian world 
morph into a society comfortable with whatever the world presents. How do you know that? Go read Revelations. I don't know the time frame of when Revelations was rent, how long between Revelations and when Jesus was on the earth, but it wasn't very long. And here we have these churches living abominable lives, some of them, calling immorality okay. All kinds of things happening in the churches. If, if you're not careful, you're going, well, I'd rather go to a church that, man, they're not so activist. They're not so, listen to me. You can find one. You can go to that church in North Carolina where they believe in abortion. Or you can be ready for Jesus to come back and be ready for the supernatural. Listen, this is an open book test. If you look elsewhere for your answers, you're going to be deceived. When I study the end times, and especially Jesus, what anybody that talks about the end times, they all say the same thing, be not deceived. You know what? That means you could be. You could be. Be deceived. Jesus was tempted with three temptations. Those temptations are still on the earth. And the more pressure, listen, the more pressure there is on you as a believer, the more temptation. You think, listen, I, I, I talked about this at a men's prayer thing here recently, but you think, well, I'm going to just pray and I won't be tempted. Jesus was tempted at his greatest in a 40-day fast and prayer. Prayer does not hide you from temptation. And in some ways, it actually exposes it. But there were three things that you've got to be cautious of moving forward. First of all, you've got to be careful that you don't compromise for provision. Well, what am I going to do? I mean, I've got to have food. I've got to eat. and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Listen. You can't compromise for provision. Jesus was tempted to compromise for provision. His ministry would have never gotten off the ground because if he had turned that stone into bread, he was doing it as the Son of God instead of the Son of Man, and his ministry would have been over for us. You can't compromise for provision. Second thing, you, you can be promised power, you can be promised authority, but listen to me, you better be careful who you're worshiping to get it. Because Jesus was tempted to worship the wrong thing. You, you have to be a worshiper of God. I don't have time to go into that. Listen. The last thing, now this is scary. The devil will convince you, you can do whatever you want and God will still protect you. Jesus, 
Jump off of that. Jump off of this high tower here. Just jump. Jump. You know the word says God will protect you. Let me tell you something. You better be careful. Because I see way too many people living the life that they want to live. Not pleasing to God. And think God's going to protect me anyway. God loves me. God's going to take care of me. I'm going to tell you something. You can get out from under the protection of God. Not because God wants you to do that. Not because he's punishing you. But you open the hedge around you. You better be careful. You better be careful. Every dynamic of life will be challenged in the near future. What's influencing you? What's influencing you? Who's speaking into your life? Well, my pastor. Yeah, but what do you do during the week? Who's speaking into your life during the week? What are you listening to? Your personal life. Listen to me. You better deal right now with hidden iniquities and hidden secrets in your life. You think you can hide it, but it's going to come out. And I, I can just tell you this. The older you get, the harder it is to hide iniquity. If it's there, it comes. If you ever notice, I, I, know, I know one particular case of uh, this lady. She, she, everybody thought she was just the sweetest lady in the world. She got older. She started cussing everybody. She started just ranting. And, and, and people said, I don't know what happened to her. It was in her the whole time. Yeah. Instead of dealing with it, she just kept it hidden. Don't do that. Listen, we're going to live under pressure. Pressure is going to push out any iniquity you have. I, I, I lost a good friend in ministry to the world because he was in the middle of a hurricane and that pressure pushed out his iniquity and he left, quit the ministry. Financial. You Listen to me. You can't financially plan your way out of this without compromise. You're not smart enough. You know, I got, you know, a little money saved. You know, I'm not against saving money, you know. And, and the guy, financial guy that, that does it, he calls me every once in a while. And, and um, well, you're doing good, you know. You, you, you're earning this much, and you know, interest. And, you know, everything's doing pretty good. And, and, and so I just have him, well, what do you think about the elections? What do you think about the future? And, and uh, I I was blown away by what he thought. It was so contrary to anything I even thought or would think about. I just kept my mouth shut. I said, in my mind, I said, well, we'll see, but I'm not trusting in that money. You, You can't plan your way out of this. You can't figure your way out of this. God knows how to provide. He is He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. Now listen to this last one. Well, two more. Sorry. Relationally. Do you know that in the end time, God talks, Jesus talked about uh, uh, the fact that families would be against each other? Friends would be against each other? 
if you're dependent on a relationship to get you through, hey, I trust my wife. My wife's a woman of faith, but I have to trust God myself. Physically. Rusty's already talked about this a lot. But, but listen, you've got to make up your mind you're going to stand on the Word of God. You're going to believe God. You're going to see God work. And if you do, you'd be amazed at how God can use you during this time, during this season. It, it's amazing what God could do. But you've got to make up your mind where you're going to stand. Because there's not going to be any more gray area. Where's so-and-so? Oh, you know, they went to that other church, you know, down there. They, they believe in this and they believe in that and they feel more comfortable down there. You know, I've actually had people leave my church because they told me, I can't do what you preach. <laughs> what? I've had people leave my church and say, hey, what you're hearing today is what you get from me, okay? I, I've had people leave my church because they said, well, we just felt more comfortable at this church. There's a lot more social activities there. <laughs> right, not as much work. See, the point is, listen, you can, you can always do that or you can live for God. The Spirit-filled life is the best life to live. You're led by the Spirit. You know, you are sons of God, children of God. You can, God can guide you. He can lead you wherever. But you've got to understand and know where we are and, where we're, and, and what's, what's happening and what's going on. Now, look, there's a lot, lot more. I'm, I'm out of time. But, but, but the point is, you've got to understand this. Don't, don't kid yourself. There, there is no going back. There's a separation Okay, there's a separation. Are we going to get back to normal with the virus? Sure, but let me tell you something. Now the world has found out how they can control the world. Okay, the Antichrist spirit that's already working, he's figured out how to control the world. So if you think this is the last pandemic or the last thing, mm -mm. we may be hearing about this COVID-19 for the next 10 years. But I can tell you one thing. They'll put me in jail before I'll shut my church down again. Amen. Not doing it. Amen. Not doing it. Not doing it. If you want to wear a mask, fine. I wear one sometimes. Not a problem. I, that's no big deal. Listen to me. Uh, but the point is, you better decide how you're going to live your life. And you can't, you can't plan for it. All you can do is pray for it. Let me, one, one more little thing real quick. Okay, listen to this. Well, if God's foreordained all this, then it's just going to be the way it is. And, but listen to me. Jesus was talking about the end times, and he talked about, you know, all the things that were going to happen. And he talked about the women that, that you know, uh, and he said, pray that it be not winter, Pray that it be not winter when all this happens. That must mean we can at least change the season of it. We can move it around. We can do something. Or Jesus wouldn't have said, pray that it be not in winter. So 
we need to be praying for sure. But if you're praying lifestyle prayers, you're wasting your breath right now. God bless you. I'm done. Laurie, he's not done. Don't you dare believe that. He ain't done. He's not half done. Amen. <laughs> I wanted to, he, when, he, when he talked about, you know, uh, there's been so much people just, they, they, they don't seem to be very loyal to churches these days. People just one from one place to the next to the next to the next. Of course, everybody that's pastored has experienced that phenomenon. And uh, the Lord just quick, I had forgotten all about it. The Lord just quickened me that, this to me as I was sitting there. And years ago when our church was very young, we had some people that were here that uh, we helped a lot. We helped financially. We did some physical things to help them. And it was just a real effort, you know, financially and, and uh, uh, people in the church pitched in and helped them. You know, the Bible says those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And God will plant you in the place in which, will great, in which he will challenge your character the greatest. He'll stretch you the greatest things in your personality, things in your life. So th these 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 uh, uh, these people just got up and left. I mean, after probably two years of really ministering to them, and all, and so it got back to me that the statement was made was this: this they went to another church. They said, you know, we just did not feel that type of love at Island Church. And I thought to myself, this: churches do not need to produce a love that's felt. They need to produce a love that's seen, that's experienced. And everything that we did for them was something that we did out of love. Financially, people helped them move. They had to move a couple of times. I mean, there was a lot of effort of people doing things for them. And then they went somewhere else in which they had this emotional response to, and they thought, that's God. That's deception. And the thing is, is I've kind of watched over the years, and that, that, that they were there for a few years, and then they went somewhere else, and they went somewhere else, and they've just drifted for the last 15 years, and never ever. You've got to you've got to understand what the God kind of love is, and just because there's an emotional response somewhere else, you think, oh, they really love me. There, listen, we do everything we can do for people. These pastors that we know, people that come here, we do everything we can do. We've paid uh, house notes. We've helped people with vehicles. We've bought groceries. We do. That's what love looks like. Love is a great effort. It's not an emotion or a feeling. It's a great effort. So you're going to have to be very careful in these days because as the move of God ramps up, the activity in the kingdom is going to ramp up, and we're going to have to love one another, which means we're going to have to, we're going to, have to cover each other, with, work for one another, bless one another, all these different things. And there may not be some great emotional connection to that because it's not an emotional connection that keeps you in the kingdom. It's spiritual. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've got a few minutes. Here's what we're going to do. Since, since we've titled this, what's that? What's, oh, you, got, you had plenty of time. You got some more? <laughs> Come back tonight. He'll, 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 help, he'll help you some more tonight. We're going we're gonna to stand. Everybody stand. I know you've been sitting for a few moments. And I, I, I've really felt in my spirit to do this. We did this actually four years ago. We did this, and, and I thought it was good. We did it every, after every uh, day service. We prayed. We spent about 10 minutes praying together uh, as a group of people here. There's much to pray over. You know, if you, 
you come to Island Church, uh, we last year after our fall harvest conference, we uh, told people that God had given us assignment to pray over the election and to pray over the process of election. And we did not realize all of the things that would, would come up about election. So how we've been praying is this, that the election would not be in any way tainted, that it would remain what it's supposed to be, that anybody that's trying anything that's illegal or wrong would be found out and, and it would be discovered that there would be no, you know, great amounts of false ballots and voting and, you know, 10 million ballots found in a warehouse somewhere, none of that kind of stuff. And that at the end of this election, now this is how we've been praying, that at the end of this election, they'll either be returning to the White House, a current sitting president, without burning down the country. Did you get that? This is literally how the Lord has spoken to me. That there would be, a, you know, a, 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 our, our current president will return to the White House without burning down the country, without civil unrest, without civil war. Or that there would be a peaceful transference of power like there has been for over 200 years. Amen. And you say, well, I, I think that's impossible. No, it's not. That can be one of the great miracles of something that the church is doing in this election. Amen. So let's take a little time and we'll pray. I'll just pray out loud. We pray in the Spirit. And let's come into agreement that there will be nothing in this election from the inside or the outside that will taint it in any way. Fathers, we've been obedient to pray over this literally since last year. We declare no false ballots, no outside interference, no inside confusion. And Father, we thank you that quickly after the election, what we have been praying, a returning president will be reseated in his office or there'll be a peaceful transference of power. We as the church that carries spiritual authority on this earth, we bind the spirits of division, terrorism, unrest, all of these evil spirits that have risen up to try to destroy property, to try to destroy people's lives. There's murder in it. There's, there's theft in it. Everything illegal and immoral. We bind it in the name of Jesus. The very spirit behind it. Jesus, you told us that one of the keys to the kingdom was our ability to bind what was on earth because it's already bound in heaven. Father, we know there's none of this in heaven, so it's bound up there. So we bind it on the earth, and we say in the name of Jesus, foul spirits of deception, political, the political systems that try to use deceit, that try to create unrest, we say no to it in Jesus' name. No to it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you also what is loosed in heaven. We can loose on the earth. And, Father, we speak peace over our nation. We don't care if blue state, red state, blue city. Red city does not matter. We speak peace in the name of Jesus. Just like he stood on the bow of that boat and spoke to that storm and said, 
peace be still. We speak to the storm of this nation and we say, peace be still. Peace be still. Now let's together pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Let's take about five minutes and pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, paso que le beso rabacaja. Ebra kere menene matoso rabai. Oh, rabacala sutele me ikarabata so rabacalate. I mandere bacaro, corabata surbae kere mandele bete. I bacasu tele mandere bacaria pacalate. Erebeketu sacarama. Oh, pacene. Nendele bete de surbacalate. Oh, Rebeco telenina namato sorbe. Oh, rabacara manana matoke to secale dia telemane. Calabata sutele bacarama ekelemene. Ibaka sotelebake, Ibrebegele nananamoto so rabacala sotelebodo, no rabacala nene, eregele nananamato so rabacala diete, no rakai bata sotelemanda, no rabagaramandala bata so rabekiatele, ebrebekere gianda, nembata soriapa, angelenista rabacaria pacete, ebreketelebadoio prokelenia, o rabagaria pretesuraita. Arakarabandala tasutara, nangere ministre le dia, nastiriki abrakala de apakara, kakala ninderabata sorbe, orbe, 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 kala dia telemende, oh bababala kitaranono, nangere manana, nenderabatoso, debra golabada surbe yatelebete, nembrabata sutarebekia. Ira mandala botar boko ora bokola mandala bote nebra bekere bede subra kele badakere mande nebra bakasutele betekere mende ikara mandala bata sura bakala bata nebra beketere boto surbi atele boko ikere badaingere nembre tesutere baga nebra bakatala dodo nengere manena mateso nebra bekere bata surbi abra kele bede nebra bakari abra tesutele mende regele bakiria nele menedo nendara mande abra kere badi Nembra bato sotele bogoria pate nebra bekere bato sorbi andale meni nangere bada sorbe kele boko ora kele bekia baratala sorbi andale meni nebra beketere bato sorbi apro nangere bediaso jeje labada nangiri nace nansa favarate agiri otoso mambaratoloko ora bakara dasute nembre kele bada aragala mandere bedeke nembre desute rebaga brakele mendele bato sorbi ate nembre bekele sute rebaga Or bagai, nine daiki de batisi kelatisto rato rakelato, no rakelato, no rakelato, no rakelato. Abergira, abergira nedelato, nere betesurte. Ergele mandere bokoko, akara manana madegele desutere bodagiria. Ergele bebenende, nambata sata tata akara mande, no rakele degiya, nere rakele gai nele manda. Mandai tai, ai pai kere tai si kela daiki de mandele da, no rakele mande, no rakaparte, ne. Alabadeso, alabagala desu telebagia, mambara gela dode, nambala degedia, nandela dokatia, atalebedesu, ora baka, habagara menene, nembagela desu terebede, nebra kelebadosu telebede, mabra kalada, habra kele dokoriate, nebra betesu terebodo, ora ge, nonda, doka, oche pepenge, to wapa ketole, tio kolatisho, la mande, no rabaka. 
Glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now worship the Lord. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's agree. Let's agree. We are pushing back against COVID-19, against the seasonal flus and colds, allergies, all of these seasonal maladies that come on. Listen, someone's got to speak against this thing. If it's not spoken against, and I'm not talking about, you know, in the natural, I'm talking about in the spirit. You know, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This is a demonic oppression upon the entire earth. It's amazing. Shutting down nations, panicking people. People are in fear. Amen. Someone has to take responsibility for breaking this thing. You say, well, just a few people here. Say, they don't amount to a hill of beans. Tell that to the 120 in the upper room. Tell that to the 12 that walked with Jesus. God has an incredible way of using remnants of people. I said he's got an incredible way. He said it like this in the Old Covenant. It's not by might, which is all the ability of the age. It's not by power. That's numerical. He says it's by my spirit. Tell it to Gideon. Who ended up with just 300? See what I'm saying? It does. 
That's, that's just the enemy. Like, well, just a few people, a little obscure place like Galilee. I don't mount to a hill of beans. You got to see in the spirit realm what it's doing. Father, right now, we take our authority. This oppressive spirit of the devil, they are predicting a dire holiday season when we should be having joy, Thanksgiving with our families, Christmas celebration, celebrating the birth of Jesus, and they're trying to prophesy thousands of people dying. We say no. We say no in the name of Jesus. We speak to the flu, whatever strain it shows up in this year. We speak to the common colds. We speak to the allergies. And yes, we dare speak to COVID-19. And we say, your power is broken in the name of Jesus. Die in Jesus' name. Die. Whatever's giving you life, we cancel it in the name of Jesus. And we declare you are broken over this world. We thank you for it, Father. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Heavenly Father. Now, everyone that was prayed for last night, I want you to lift your hands. If you were prayed for, now I want you to thank God for your healing right now. Come on, let's just thank God that you're healed. Just thank God that you're healed. Come on, come on, just thank God that you're healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it does really help to constantly listen to teaching something that I knew for years that I just kind of let fade and I heard it yesterday on the way to church and I tell you I almost pulled over my truck and started running down the road as, as I listened to Brother Hagan a lot and, and it, he was teaching on the authority of the believer at, his, at, a, at a Rama Bible school class setting and he was in the he was in the prayer of, of Ephesians in, in chapter one, who has put all things under his feet, and then he said, and give him the head, give him the headship, and he given the head to be over all things to the church. Now he just said this, and I knew it like I knew my name. I just kind of let it slip. You know the Bible says, uh, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. He said, now he's the head. He said he's the head, but the feet are on the earth. He said the feet are on the earth. And the Bible says he's put all, thing under, all things under his feet. And he, said, he started saying it over and over, under his feet, 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 feet on the earth. We're the feet. We're the feet of the body. The head's in heaven, but we're the body on the earth. Under his feet, under his feet, under his feet, under his feet, under his feet under his feet. I tell you, it just, it just leaped on the inside of me. I was like, glory to God, glory to God. And then, and he's all things to the body, the fullness of him that filleth it all in all, which means everything that's in its head finds its complete expression within the body. The fullness of him that filleth it all in all. Healings in the head. Healings in the body. Joys in the head. Joys in the body. Righteousness in the head. Righteousness in the body. You name the attribute of Christ that's in the head, it's in the body. And we are the body of Christ in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Don't ever let the devil make you think anything less. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Don't forget tonight, prayer is 630 in the, in the children's church over here if you'd like to come join us for the, one of those powerful prayer meetings. And then service tonight will be at 730. Pastor Sam will be continuing, uh, uh, continuing whatever he started. Amen. Glory to God. Can't wait to hear it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this morning. As is our tradition, we claim the protection and safety afforded us by the word. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Each and every one of us as we leave, we thank you the traveling mercies of God are upon us, that you protect all of our travel, highways, airways, seaways, railways, those that have to go back to the work, back to their job. Thank you, protection is upon them. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you. No terror, no trauma, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the most high. Lord, let the fire and the, let the fire and the stirring of evangelism, personal evangelism in our heart. Soul winners, without a program. The only program is Jesus. Thank you, Father. People are praying right now. Let us be an answer to their prayer. Problem to the devil. A miracle in somebody's life. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love toward you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our friends and visitors. And Lord, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. We hope the Word of God has blessed you today. If you would like to hear more messages, please visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.